What's happening, weirdos? Fret not, as I always say. Val is here. She is just uh, getting the baby. So uh, we had a wonderful chat. So uh, I want to get to it as quickly as possible. A couple things to plug up top. Uh, well, nope, that show will have already happened. Oh, let's see when the when the Largo is in uh, January. I'm going to pause real quick. January 6th. January 6th, 8.30 I will be doing stand-up comedy live at Largo in Los Angeles on January 6th. Tickets are at Largo-LA.com. And thank you to everybody who came Whoops, who came on uh, December 14th, which in my reality hasn't happened yet. But in your reality, I'm freaking out, man. If you like this show, it means a lot if you try one of the Pete's Picks. These are things that we actually use and actually love. Like Alpha Brain sitting here on my desk. If you do anything that involves your brain, I highly, sincerely recommend the nootropic Alpha Brain by our friends at Onnit. It helps support memory, helps support focus. Anything I do creative in my life for the past six, seven years, I have always, always, always taken two or three Alpha Brain beforehand. Now that I'm doing a TV show, learning lines, I swear it is a huge secret weapon. I never really feel like I have to sit down and memorize my lines because I take Alpha Brain while we're rehearsing and they just get in there. It is a huge, huge, huge plant-based help. It is caffeine-free. It is not a stimulant. It is earth-grown ingredients to help your brain with all its brain duties. <laughs> brain duties! Every I, Scripts, stand-up, just good conversations. If you're doing something creative, if you're doing something that requires focus or memory, Alpha Brain has been a huge help to me. And try it out. Show your support for the show. Go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. If you like it one-tenth as much as I do, you are about to go nuts. It's 10% off, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. Another wonderful Pete's pick is our friends at Talkspace. Talkspace is therapy made super, super duper easy. As you guys know from listening to this show, talk therapy has been something that's not only changed my life, but it's changed Valerie's life as well. It is so, so, so helpful. Greater than the sum of its parts. Talking about your problems, your issues, and your feelings with a trained professional makes a huge difference in my life. But we know there's a stigma. Sometimes you're worried that your friends or your family might judge you or treat you differently. But meeting a therapist to work on your mental health is just as helpful and just as normal as hiring a personal trainer to work on your physical health. And Talkspace... Talk space, excuse me, makes it possible to speak with a licensed therapist right from your phone, tablet, or computer. And unlike traditional therapy, you can message your therapist anytime via text, video, or voice, 100% secure and stigma-free, the way therapy should be. Talking helps. And if you have, if you don't know where to start, you need to check out Talkspace. Your privacy and security are their number one priority. The app puts you in a private room with just you and the therapist. As I said, you can send them messages 24-7 and their encryption and added security features keep your conversation fully protected. So whatever your struggle is, Talkspace gives you access to the help you need to move forward and facing those obstacles with the help that you need. 
So get, keep it in mind, it's not weird, it's not weak, it's smart. And if you want to start, I highly recommend that you join Talkspace today and start moving forward with a single message. Just go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code WEIRD at sign up. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code WEIRD. Next we have Ultimate Ears Wireless Earbuds. The Ultimate Ears Fits True Wireless Custom Fit Earbuds. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you already know how important our devices are, how important our audio devices are, and how important it is to have comfortable, comfortable earbuds. We rely on these devices, but it's so easy to forget about the hardware we are born with. I'm talking about our ears. Same as fingerprints, no two are exactly alike. That's why your earbuds probably cause you some discomfort or even physical pain after a while. The Ultimate Ears Fits True Wireless Custom Fit Earbuds from Ultimate Ears are here to change just that. I wear earbuds. I like earbuds because they block out the noise and the sound is obviously just so much better. But I'm working for hours with them in, or I'm working out, or whatever it might be, going on a hike, making phone calls. It gets uncomfortable. They are not made for my ears, so they do not feel, feel great in my ears. Enter the Ultimate Ears Fits. I got them. I unboxed them, which was super uh, pleasant and fun. Beautiful packaging. Put it in, hooked it up to the app, put them in each of my ears, and watched the light heat the material up. So sort of like an earplug, you know, when you roll up an earplug and put it in your ear and it sort of expands, that's what the heat does. It makes the plastic mold to your unique ear shape. This guarantees unbelievable, perfect fitting, groundbreaking uh, earbuds. Using light form technology, that's what that's called. You get ultra comfortable, wear them all day earbuds without pain or discomfort. With eight hours of continuous playback on a single charge and up to 20 hours with the charging case, Ultimate Ears Fits are perfect for listening to your favorite shows like this one all day long. Built on industry-leading expertise trusted by pro musicians and hi-fi enthusiasts for over 25 years, engineered to provide a full warm sound with a tight punchy low end and custom EQ presets through the app as well. Play and pause and answer calls with the built-in controls and use the free app to custom uh, to set up the custom actions like voice assistant, volume adjustment, and more. And best of all, you'll finally have earbuds made for you that don't cost an arm and a leg. If you try Fits and don't love them as much as I do, no worries. Ultimate Ears offers a 30-day money-back guarantee, plus free shipping, free returns, and a one-year warranty. Plus, show your support of the show. Use promo code WEIRD at ue.com slash fits to get your pair of UE Fits for just $169 during their holiday sale. That's UE, like Ultimate Ears, UE.com slash Fits and use promo code WEIRD to show your support of this show. Last but not least are our friends at Public Goods. Public Goods is the everything store. It's the one-stop shop for sustainable, that's right, sustainable, high-quality everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from coffee to toilet paper to shampoo, pet food, Public Goods is your new everything store thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Val and I agree, it's like a very cool, chic, online general store. Everything you always need and everything I often forget that I need, but done simply and beautifully all in one place. Their products look modern, very modern and very minimalistic. They're sleek 
and clean. No bright colors or mismatched packaging. It looks intentional and gives your home a pleasant aesthetic. Val and I first noticed Public Goods at a friend's house. We admired how it looked, asked them about it, and here we are. Rather than buying a bunch of single product brands, Public Goods members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful streamlined look. And knowing what's in your products and where they come from is important. They ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives such as uh, that are still common on drug and grocery store shelves. They are committed to making their products healthy and safe for humans, animals, and the environment, which makes this store, in my opinion, way better than the alternatives. They use a membership model to keep costs low and pass on even more savings to the customers. Best of all, you can make your first purchase with no obligation. So join hundreds of thousands of others who have switched to the new Everything Store. And I've worked out an awesome deal for weirdos. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They're so confident you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. So you've got nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash weird or use code weird at checkout. That's P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash weird to receive $15 off your first order and show your support of this show. All right, that's it, everybody. Enjoy. We made it weird number, I believe this is, my goodness, I think it's 67. (sighs) It's a really good one. I love this one. I'm glad you're here. Uh, hap- happy holidays. Hope you're feeling good. Get into it. I want to start it one time. Go ahead. No, it's too late. Go, I just I was yes handing. <laughs> you sang, and I, I was like kind of a Louis Armstrong. <laughs> It's okay if we do Louis Armstrong, right? I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> over what? Louis Armstrong. I'm over it. Don't be. I just mean like I feel like we have to, for the sake of joy, all peoples can go. I can do um, my all the people. My impression of him is I don't know if I can do it with the polyp, but it's um, polyp is like the grossest <laughs> word. I'm so sorry, but did they have to call it a polyp? You have a polyp in your throat. To me, it sounds Blah. like a punch, like all pop. I guess it's like wallop. Yeah, I'll wallop you in your polyp. Um, Go ahead. What was your sorry? <laughs> sorry. Funny to start. <laughs> Doing Louis Armstrong and get it. <laughs> well, the thing oh, about uh, that. Uh, 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 yes, no, you're right. Follow the suit. Uh, go uh, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And every time it rains, it rains. Fingers from heaven. Shooby dooby. Don't you know each cloud contains fingers from heaven? Shooby dooby. I got I gotta get to my favorite part. I started to. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Here it goes. Hang on, I think I have to skip ahead. Uh, trade it for a package of sunshine and ravioli macaroni <laughs> oh my god it's like macaroni macaroni to add on to ravioli <laughs> so yeah, funny it is like, oh i guess um or oh, macaroni <laughs> it's sort of like if it was like 
Whiskers and bread loaves, carbohydrates. <laughs> like it's sort of yeah. like it's similar, but it's not exactly right. Yeah. Is this joke okay? This is from my old 2004 notebook. I heard about this police raid on a crack house. Do we say crack house anymore? Like that seems problematic. I don't think so, unless you say it like Louis Armstrong. Oh my God! You are. The winner of the first Daniel Wolf-Review Macaroni. <laughs> Macaroni. Look, I don't know if anyone will like this, and I'm not even sure this is okay. <laughs> welcome, welcome to comedy in 2021. Is this... It's, is anything okay? Um... And it's good. We're making progress. Yes. We should. Is it okay to say, is it okay? Is it okay to make a joke about how I always have to say, is it okay? It's okay. I don't know. It's okay to ask. Is I mean, it's okay to have to wonder, is it okay? No, I had a bit. Yes. Yes, I heard you. There, I had a bit about how the guys like, I. the problem was in the bit you had to say something inappropriate. Like, like let's say it's inappropriate to talk about a woman's ears. Look at those ears. Can you even say that anymore? And it's yeah. like, you could never say that, Dan. Yeah, it's it's also like we're so tired of... I wanted of, to bring that back. Like, white men and, and women in privileged positions being like, can you even <laughs> say that anymore? Well, that was the bit. Can you even say that? anymore is a funny bet. You could never say it. I'm writing it down in real time. <laughs> you yeah. could never say that. Uh, I just like, I like a bit that lets me have that attitude. Okay. Uh, crack house where they threw in a smoke grenade and ran, ran in, but most of the people inside got away. <laughs> this is, this is a way I would never write again. Yeah. Now I'm thinking maybe that's because <laughs> <laughs> That is so not your voice. I wrote out, now I'm thinking maybe that's because... I don't think you've ever said, now I'm, now I'm thinking... thinking. <laughs> a bunch of cops threw in a smoke grenade into a crack house and everyone got away. Well, you know, it's actually an interesting point because it's like you, you're you still apologetic in your opinion, which is just... Back then? How we're, yeah, how we're meant to be. But it was like, before I had learned, just like, just say it. You're supposed to just take a stance, even if you're like, and you're like, well, maybe do you think it's probably because? Yeah, this is very polite. <laughs> and now you would just say, I heard about this police raid on a crack house uh, where they threw in a smoke or grenade, grenade and, and ran, ran in. in. But most of the people inside got away. There's and, a lot of things I would say, change about this. I just say, jumped to. That's because... You think maybe that's... You, I, well, you think maybe is an attitude. Mm, yeah. You think maybe that's because to confuse a bunch of sm people smoking crack, they threw in a smoke grenade. <laughs> that's it. Wow. Macaroni. <laughs> so bad. This is really bad and, and problematic. <laughs> I mean, I understand because crack has all like a lot tied to it. So it's yeah. a racial. It's a, it's a yeah. bad yeah. situation. And the police are like, yeah. And white people are. just being like, crackheads. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I mean, I, uh, I've never enjoyed... Uh, making fun of that. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking about the Chappelle thing. I'm, I was always like, is this? Yeah. Anyway, um, um, they threw in a smoke grenade. That's like breaking up a pool party with water balloons. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this needs to go. Wow. This is like a mattress sale. I mean, All I of see these what bits you mean. have They're to already go. wet. They're already smoky. Yeah, maybe they should just, maybe they should have <laughs> thrown something. 
Ooh, excuse me. Oh, no. I can't even read this. <laughs> I can't read it. You won't even let me read it. It's I won't read it out loud. It, it's, it's, let's put it this way. <laughs> We've learned it a ends, lot. <laughs> it ends in a way. It ends in a way that was mean to lower class drug addicted people. Uh. Not like horrible. I probably should just read it because everyone's going to think it's something truly horrible. Yeah, it's no, not. It's just 2004. We were still sort of one foot in that like, you know, not nice to homeless people, not nice to, yeah. because that was, that was the attitude. It yeah. was like, these were losers or something. Not like the idea that it was like an epidemic or that there was like, you know, it, it's certainly these people are a victim of a certain uh, of, a, of many, many things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that was a fun way to start the pod. I'm glad I read <laughs> the one, one bit that I'm like, yikes. <laughs> yikes. Train oh, we already read that one. We already we? read that one. Okay. Train feedback. You were so organized. It's very cute. You I have know. another train. I know. This is mania, though. Private, I saw a book. Well, then we'll, we'll we'll catch up, and I'm really excited to talk with you. I know you were away this weekend with Leela Jane, our daughter. No, you were. You were away, and I was here with Leela Jane, our daughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I realized, like, I was supposed to be watching her. You're like, oh yeah, no, of course I was with Leela, and then you just stare, your eyes get wide, and you. Oh no, <laughs> macaroni. We didn't have the car seat, so I wasn't able to drive her anywhere. I do want to say, did, hmm? did, you, did you try to put it in? Did, hey, hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Yeah, Val, you know, that car seat can go in, I'm going to call it a high 60%. Like you can strap it in with that, with it's, that, but it's, it's still like moving. Right. I, well, it's possible that you're right. It's also I possible that you're missing one step. I'm sure I am, but fuck this Putting like Pandora's box. Worst. It's like a wooden puzzle. It is You know those wooden puzzles? Yes. It's like ne negotiate, it's like marble madness or something, but instead yeah. of a marble, it's the seatbelt. Or like the, <laughs> you know, you know those puzzles that are like, okay. <laughs> I'm dying. Or it's like a game, but it's like the pegs. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, it's just awful. And people that do those for fun, some guy listening to the podcast on an old kind of art-shaped radio <laughs> is, is doing a wooden, like a Danish wooden puzzle. Can you even say that anymore? Danish wooden puzzles are great. 100% uh, JK. Um, um, I'm very excited to see you. Oh, I was going to say... Uh, as a as a pro tip for life, because I'm listening, as people know that have been following the show, I've been in the car on my way to work listening to The Power of Now, which even though I've read it two or three times before this, it's still like, you can't. It'll always, it's so good that it'll always meet you where you're at. Like you are a key ingredient to the book. Mm -hmm. So where you are, meaning you can read it. But where you are in your spiritual life, in your personal life, whatever it might be, is such a part of it that you'll hear it one way mm. and then later you'll hear it another way. So like it's a new book every time. I just mm. friggin' I friggin' love it, I Mr. Just, Bigglesworth. <laughs> I just friggin' love it. <laughs> I friggin' love it. Friggin'. So taking a page from that book, <laughs> literally, um, it's, it, I found it very interesting to shift I have to watch Leela or Valerie is out of town or whatever it might be to all I have to do is hang out with Leela. Yeah. Like that shift. And when, and it was great. 
And even though we didn't have the car seat, did you try, buddy? <laughs> we just went on walks yeah. around our neighborhood, and she pet every dog. Mm. We just pet every dog, and we go to the grocery store and like just get milk, like we're Parisian or something. Mm. And walk back, and she's old enough now that she'll walk, and it would actually tire her out. So I was like, this is better than the park. This is like a buddy. Like, I have to go. One of the days we went to the toy store and got a little toy, but like, still, it's like, it's got to be a mile there and back. It's like walking a mile. Yeah. I'd imagine. So she's a champ. And I just wanted, and and then I wanted, when you got home, and I wanted to share this on the pod too, so I have a record of it as well, in case when we're old we ever just throw these episodes on. It would be kind of sad, I think. I don't know. No. Can I be naked but for suspenders and big clown pants? Does that make it less sad? Yes. <laughs> naked but for clown pants with suspenders makes nothing. You go to a funeral in those, people are like, this is a good time. Okay. you're. I know you're going to try to stick with this opinion, but if you could open your mind just to crack. Picture maybe maybe very- I think that's because clown pants... Sorry. Just just imagine a mm. very tall and at that point hunched old man. Yeah. Naked but for suspenders and clown pants. Yeah, so not really naked, just topless, no shoes. Listening to his own work. Yes. Sad. It's a sad clown. <laughs> if you flick the lights on and that's what you see. And this is what he's listening to. Yeah. If this is us describing it and yet still he did it. Mm-hmm. Right. He's listening to this, these words that we're saying currently. And as I say this, that you drop your teacup, you, Valerie, drop your teacup. Oh, my. You know how people say, uh, very terrifyingly so, and I'm totally on science side, and we need to save the world, and we need to turn things around, and we need to change our patterns to save the planet and to save the species. 100%. I am on that train motherfucking right on right Mm -hmm. i also want to know and this is please don't misunderstand that i'm saying this is like any sort of climate denying or whatever Mm -hmm. i'm just saying the people the scientists that say we're going we only have like i've heard like eight years i've heard 15 years Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like a fucking dismal like a bullshit like a master's degree amount of time left on the planet yeah my question is those scientists, those people that broke the data, and this is just a human point, not a science point and not a political point. Mm-hmm. I just want to know, are those scientists getting dogs? Are they mm. are they learning new languages? Are they planning? Mm-hmm. Are they having kids? Yeah. Like, I really want to know. Yeah. Not to shame them mm-hmm. because <clears throat> there's like this really... It's sort of like becoming a comedian. It's such a preposterous endeavor. Mm. Life is a preposterous endeavor. I wouldn't think less of anybody if they were like, this is the data. Like, it's most likely going to be like this. And they were like, you know, I'm saving up for a boat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, And they know that it, they won't have enough until past the doomsday, just in case. Yeah. And I think you could use that to be like, well, you think the world's going to end. Why do you have a baby and yeah, get a dog? But that's not what you're saying. But I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm saying, aha, mm-hmm. we're all kind of guilty, you could say, mm-hmm. of having that like foolish but also sort of beautiful hope yeah. that like a tree grows in Brooklyn. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, I don't even know if that's an appropriate use of a tree grows in Brooklyn. I'm just saying I picture a flower coming out of the sidewalk. I'm like, I picture Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. It's like, it shouldn't 
be working. Mm -hmm. It should never have been working. Like, Mm -hmm. we should have already run out of fish. We already, like, and like, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying we can just sit back and coast, but wouldn't you love, that's the expose I would enjoy, but I think people would use it for the wrong ends. Yeah, definitely. And then there's also just the factor of like, how do you want to spend your the remainder of your time. Like it made me think of, there's a woman who's 82 in my mindfulness teacher training program. Yeah. Who reminds you of my mom, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's 82 and she says her health's declining. She's really dealing with death. Yeah. And, and it's like, are you going to, you're going to get certified to teach mindfulness and and like, that's what you're going to do for your remaining. Maybe that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Is like, there's this thing going on. I think the way people treat their the planet is the way they treat their bodies, mm-hmm. like, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, we have, like, a lot of health crises, and we have a planetary crisis, and they're sort of informed. Yeah. But, like, when you have this sort of, like, fuck it, it'll figure itself out attitude towards your own body, mm-hmm. which I completely understand. You know, like, ah, uh, my, uh, my liver will fix itself or, or fuck it, I'm going to die anyway, like some unconscious sort of death wish or whatever. It's easy to extend that policy to the planet. Like, you're just sort of like, you're not, there aren't really Dr. Evil types in hollowed out volcanoes plotting a death beam from the moon to blow up the planet. But there is a little piece of all of us that has this sort of like... I don't know, man. This is a gambit anyway. It doesn't matter if I have 20 years to teach meditation teacher training or 20 minutes because it's all... And I'm not saying this. I I actually don't feel desperate about this. I'm just sort of like... But there is a part of me that does. It's all sort of going out with the wash. So I think when people are are uncaring about the planet, it's an extension of a lack of... um, the resources required to love themselves and to love the planet. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah. And it's easier to be like, fuck it. You know, I shouldn't have done that dumb guy voice. I just mean like, I can relate. Yeah. I think like uh, in ways that people might not even be aware, they are just trying to survive day to day. Right. So they're like already fighting for survival in a certain way. That's right. And then in their own microcosm of them. Yeah. And then that, Mm -hmm. yeah, sorry. Yeah, and so then they just don't have the resources to even, like, think beyond the scope of, like, how am I going to make it through the day? Completely understand. And we've seen, I've seen some bits to this effect about, like, how a lot of the environmental pollution is corporations, and then the corporations will be like, hey, uh, you know, make sure you're doing this and this and this, Uh, and it's like, dude, if you change this policy, this would happen. And it's like this sort of... It all comes back to socioeconomics and being like the people who are privileged, and I'm including us in this, privileged enough to be able to like have the bandwidth and the resources to make changes Absolutely. and the money to change cars and that and exhaustion. The, you know, all of that. That's one of my favorite parts of Vice when they're talking about the movie Vice when uh, Bush Cheney got elected and and they just sort of <clears throat> started. Like running around breaking windows, basically, like like globally, mm-hmm. they were just like, like let's go nuts. Yeah. And the movie, I think, beautifully and brilliantly makes the point that so many of us are overworked, mm. overtired, mm. and like, and when you do have free time, you don't want to go to the Library of Congress and mm. be like, "What is environment like?" Like you're mm-hmm. just like, and then that, like, fuck it, I'm gonna get what Carolyn can get. <laughs> extends to 
I'm sorry, I can't be the even what I said about corporations, like you you'll pass the buck. Mm-hmm. But you realize this is what Richard Rohr said this to me. He remember he makes this beautiful point about how Christianity is about how to lose grace, graciously. Mm. Uh, because and he's and he added to that in person to me once. He was like, "Yeah, because we all lose in the end. Like mm. anything you think you're winning, mm-hmm. power, money, even just it's in the welcoming prayer, affection, esteem, approval, pleasure. All of these things, show them to me. Mm. Show them to me. Mm-hmm. The, the the you in your vacation photos is already gone. I'm not saying that doesn't make me sad. I, I'm just saying I hope that doesn't make anyone else sad. Meaning it's all in uh, transition. Everything's in transition. So all of these structures and all of these accomplishments are illusion. Are illus- illusory. illusory. Yeah. So that's why spirituality remains my biggest passion for sure mm-hmm. is because I'm like, well, what is going on in to quote Eckhart Tolle, the one life, like yeah. the one life you, and that life is, is doing great. Yeah. <laughs> and also we can't use that to like spiritually bypass the stuff that we have to do here. And Absolutely not that we can, you know, but it can give you that a little, a little bit, bit more lightness while you're while doing you're it. doing it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Gungies and I, uh, Michael Gunger and I, were like just sort of fantasizing about a simple life, and 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 then we were like, but wait, when we look at our own lives, which might have a lot of moving parts and emails or whatever bullshit we were dealing with, this can be a simple life. It's like a yeah. shift of perspective. I don't know. I didn't fully make that point. Here's mm. here's the bit. Okay. Private Investigating for Dummies. I saw a book, Private Investigating for Dummies. <laughs> oh, my God. You want to do the, the second line? It's the punchline. This is a real mm-hmm. setup punchline, and you got to kind of say it like Seinfeld. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to blow it. You won't. Bl- Are you kidding? Okay. You're Valerie Ann Cheney. Okay, you do the setup again. I saw a book, Private Investigating. You do the whole line. Do the first line and the second line. You can do it. <laughs> okay. I saw a book, Private and Guess. <laughs> no, we're all alive. We're feeling feelings. Feel your energetic body pulsing inside. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna. I got it. <clears throat> I saw a book, Private Investigating for Dummies. Is this really a field for dummies? Very good. Your pop sort of stole, stole the word the this. Word. I know. Try it again. No, I loved it. I'm embarrassed. We're feeling alive. <laughs> I feel it. I was just, we were just talking about people that go in flight suits. Mm. Did we already talk about this on the pod? What happens is you, you wear a flight suit and you, <laughs> you know, like a flying squirrel. Oh, I remember this bit. Well, I have a bit about it, but this oh. is just real. We're just talking. <laughs> just like, the bit is... That's like a funny thing. Like I accidentally exposed that you're doing a bit. That is so funny. <laughs> and I'm like, Valerie! <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, the bit, which I still think is funny, but it never worked, mm. was... Worked. <laughs> was... Um, I have to explain what uh, base jumping is. Mm-hmm. That you wear a suit, like a, like a, a, a winged suit mm-hmm. that makes you like a flying squirrel and you jump off a mountain. And you catch the wind and you fly. And I was watching YouTube videos of this. This is completely true. And I got to one that had a guy, you know, there's a guy with a GoPro behind the guy. 
filming the first guy. Mm-hmm. First guy jumps off, opens his wings, and you can only see the pattern on his suit because they decorate them yeah. after he opens his arms. And it was a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> I, this is one of those things that is so funny to me, yeah. but I am 100% convinced I'll never be able to make an audience laugh. Yeah. Like if it was a hundred me's, mm-hmm. would go fucking nuts at this bit. Yeah. It's a jack-o'-lantern. I love the idea. That was a key phrase, figuring out writing mm-hmm. stand-up. I love the idea yeah. <laughs> of a guy who risks his life mm-hmm. flying, mm-hmm. for real, flying inches away from mountains and near death experiences every five seconds is like, yeah, but you know what I really love? Halloween. <laughs> That is comedy to me. Yeah. Is that he's like, ooh, Halloween with the little kids in the scary masks. And they wear like their dad's sport coat with the with the elbow pad, the shoulder pads, and they look like Frankenstein's monster. That's what gets my pulse going. Bop, 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 bop. But look, that guy might be flying. He's still stuck on this stupid planet. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> this sort of boring planet. Yeah. And he, all he's got is jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah. Anyway, uh... The guys that do that, like any addiction, they start uh, getting used to it. Mm. So it doesn't get them high anymore. Right. And then what they do, and this is quite tragic, is they start having to go lower. Like, do more intense things. Like, you have to clip the trees. You have to get, like, a breath away from the mountain. You have to go under a bridge instead of going over a bridge. And, of course, people die. And they Mm -hmm. die in the pursuit of, like, what I have. More thrills and chills. Yeah, but what I have to imagine is thrills and chills. (laughs) You are my girl. (laughs) Thrills and (laughs) Valerie, quietly. You know, thrills and chills. (laughs) You are my girl. Anyway, it's just crazy. I mean, imagine how good the high must be that you're like, next time I'm going to really risk it. It's probably... But what made you think of that? I don't remember. Mm. Well, you do the private investigating bit now. Cut to me and naked but for clown pants and I'm old and hunched and I yell at the old radio. You remember. You brought it up because... (laughs) You drop your tea again. Okay, I saw... I don't like I saw a book. Uh, I was in a bookstore. There was a book, uh, Private Investigating for Dummies. Is this really a field for dummies? It's not very funny. It's very good. In his office, giving you his findings. Yeah, I stayed up all night watching reruns of Perfect Strangers and eating Swedish fish in my bathtub. But I'm pretty sure your wife is cheating on you. What's great is when I wrote this bit, she probably was. (laughs) I'm not married. Oh, then she's not. Dummy. That is so bad. He's out there. He's out. It's It's it's, bad. It's really bad. I'm not impressed with vampires biting necks. That's easy. They sleep all day, go out and bite a few necks, and it's back to the coffin. I don't think they deserve the fame, and I really don't think they deserve castle living. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> I was ready to hate it, but you laughing, I was like, that is, it's a really clumsy way. The bit is called castle living. So you know that's so the funny thing. I knew castle, I yeah. remember... Lions Den Chicago mm-hmm. saying, I really don't think they deserve castle living. Mm-hmm. That is just one of those. 
It's a real good one. That's really good. I feel like I could bring that back. Uh-huh. He gets the biggest, best piece of real estate rent-free with secret levers, revolving bookshelves, torch lighting. You have mood, and then it's mood, oh, like mood torch lighting. Yeah, mood torch lighting. Yeah. Meanwhile, zombies are out there chasing the living. This is I, I hate where it goes. With one good leg and one exposed femur. People are sprinting by you, getting their cars. Everyone seems to have fire. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and all the while, and all you've got is the standard two mile an hour zombie grunt lunge drag. And you still manage to catch someone and eat their brains. Where's their castle? <laughs> okay, it's not bad. Very cute. It's not bad. By comparison, Dracula should be in a trailer park sleeping in a lawn chair. And then it just says, open house of the dead. It's like, maybe something with open house of the dead. (laughs) That's so cute. What I'm noticing going through these old bits with all y'all is that, like, there was this real, like, I felt like there was a real need for every bit to, like, end. Like, Like, bring it back. Yes, of course. Not Ness. So what's on your mind, my mama? Well, I, um, like you said, I just had like a really great girls weekend away with my best gals. Need. And boy, boy. And we're back. <laughs> Sorry. You just can't I, stand that I'm about to talk about the virtues of women. <laughs> and friendship. And friendship and femininity. <laughs> we were, boy, we were laughing so hard that all my obsessions are like saunas, cold plunges, things that I can do alone. But also specifically that you were like, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm I was, listening. I was telling you about like my weekend that was filled with like dancing and everybody cooking dinner together and getting naked in the hot tub and and we went around and comp when like and each person everyone said exactly what they love about that person and if we all just like would agree and it's like hey we all see you the exact same way these are undeniably your superpowers and i was telling you all of that and you were like cut to me alone in a cabin reading richard Rohr talking about relationships yeah it's all relationship it's all flow enter into the dance sit at the communal table me alone Mm, that's good stuff (laughs) and then you were like you mean the relationship that i have with my cold plunge (laughs) yeah yeah pretty reliable the old cold plunge (laughs) um but it was it's just exactly what like nourishes and feeds my soul and and it really and i am you know the the screenplay that I'm writing for fun and we'll see is about women, like a women's retreat. And I'm like, wow, I'm really getting it right. Like the things to note are, and the things that we like all appreciate are like, it just so effortlessly without even having to ask or communicate. It is so collaborative by nature. And this is what I remember with living with my girlfriends too. It was like, it was like somebody was like, I'll make us dinner tonight. And they're like, great, I'll make us dinner tomorrow. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy breakfast stuff and make us breakfast. Okay, cool. I got lunches. Mm. And then, and then like whoever doesn't clean, we, without even saying a word. It's so weird. I was just saying that last night at a birthday party. I was like, Somebody was asking us very generously for relationship tips, mm. which I thought was very cute. Mm-hmm. And we were like, one of them was, if if you just do things, 
don't know exactly how to say this, but if you just do things because you live there too, yeah, like do the dishes or make dinner or whatever it might be, yeah, what happens is a natural like habitat. Yeah. Like we're like badgers at a certain point. If everybody's goal is the same thing, which is to like live sustainably and comfortably in harmony. Yes. Then like, I will always bring in the very heavy water jugs and you will always have those big old jugs. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) I'm carrying these jugs around 24-7. Okay. Thank you for yes. Yes. And (laughs) but you're saying with the friends, it would happen in the same way. It just happens. And it happens because all of the women there are very aware of like, you made me dinner. Well, the last thing we're going to do is let you clean up and everybody's aware. Nobody is like doing anything individualistically. They're just constantly aware of the group. I mean, that is such a good definition of love, not to bring up the old comic strip. Love is with the two (laughs) naked children, but, um, love is (laughs) like, a good definition for love is doing the dishes when your friends cook for you. Yeah. Like when we had friends giving and every Lisa's sister loaded the dishwasher, yeah. I was really like, huh. And that is when I feel like the Grinch or Ebenezer Scrooge, I'm like, I, I realize I've lost a little bit of touch with just that mm-hmm. simple kindness, mm-hmm. which means so much more than something I'm more likely to do, which is like, pay the bill but really i'm like 90 percent paying the bill so i can avoid the anxiety of 12 people being like oh who had the muffin like i hate that so much but people that just do shit because of pure love yeah and you want the person to feel loved and you're doing it the motivation behind it is what's the coolest thing about it and what's uniquely feminine to me, not meaning just women, but like feminine yeah. energy, is that it's like, Femergy. how can I contribute to the whole? How can I make this a more yeah. harmonious community? And even little things, like we're constantly doing little things for each other, like, you know, three of us are in the hot tub, one person goes in to use the bathroom, they're coming out with snacks. They're going to definitely come and bring you little berries and like maybe some more wine. Like you're, you're just, you can feel everybody just thinking like, what can I offer to the group? That was also what I said about relationship advice. Do you remember any of the other good ones? Cause I remember William was like, you should write these down or something. I was like, oh, these are good. I think you were going off and given some, maybe after I was talking to Carrie, cause the only, the only one, the one I gave was when I think of. Like if I'm the example I gave is if you put Lee in the car and I'm running around and I'm always the last one in the car because I'm, I'm like, okay, she needs her shoes. She needs a jacket. She needs snacks. I need my phone. I need this, mm-hmm. we whatever. And, and like, we got to turn these lights off and we got to lock the doors and, um, which you do that too. But And then I'll sometimes get so like worked up. And then if I can feel myself starting to tell the story of like, I'm the one that always remembers everything. And like, I want Pete to thank me. And you usually do. But if like, you're not in that moment, I will try and I to almost always pause and go, well, what did Pete do that? I'm not thinking to thank him Mm. about. And then it's like, Hey, thanks for putting Leela in the car. That's no small thing. Yeah. And, and then, and then if I still don't, you'll usually, it's not that you're dropping a hint, but then that'll open up the gratitude space. That's right. And often 
that is enough. Like that actually changes my frequency from being like, I'm not getting enough to then giving, which kind of makes me realize that I, I do have enough, Yeah, Aww. you know, yeah, I love but that. then if for some reason that's not working in that moment and I still want to be thanked, it's okay to just ask for it. Yeah. That's what I tell a lot of my friends who feel underappreciated in their marriages. Unfortunately, there are a lot of them is like, I think it's totally within the bounds to, and we do this all the time to be like, Hey, I did the dishes. Right. But it's because it's a follow up of a, and I said this, not a tit for tat. Yeah. Like there's no like, and I, I had a relationship that was like that. It was like, even something that was done nicely was done to repay a debt that you weren't even aware of. Yeah. It's like, <coughs> fake example. Oh, you made dinner. Um, yeah, well, you brought in the groceries or something. And I'd be like, yeah. oh, I didn't realize I was like, like a court of law. Yes. And then you start doing it. And it's a classic. It's a it's a trope, but it's true. You start doing it out of fear mm. instead of love. You're like, I want to make sure I'm winning or I'm or things mm. are even or balanced. But I really think when you're just trying, and it's harder than it sounds, to consider what another person might be feeling... You know what I mean? And when that person has made it safe for you to consider how they're feeling and be wrong occasionally. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was one of them. I know we talked about this on this podcast before, but uh, I was like, the thing that you've taught me that I love so much is I'm, I'm embarrassed. Like, just say Just it. say I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. No, you taught me that. Oh, I did? Yeah. I'm thank you for giving me the credit, but you do that. <laughs> you, you did that. I thought you taught me how to do that. I love, I love that credit, but I actually feel like you teach me how to do that because I don't, I still have a hard time saying it in the, in like, right. While you're embarrassed. It. And it's it, different now than when you actually are embarrassed. Exactly. Yeah. It when you're actually like embarrassed, it's, no it's hard deal. to say. Yeah. But you did it in a, re- and I think we did share this on the podcast because it was a great moment, but I think it's very valuable for people to hear. It was the Katie thing where I was like, Kate, Oh, Katie Lowe's is in vivo. But I didn't say Katie Lowe's. I said, I was, we were both looking at oh, our phones yeah, yeah, and I yeah. said, Katie's, Katie's in, in vivo. vivo. And you were like... I thought you meant... And you texted our friend Katie Fischel. Yes. And then and then you were like, I just, you know, I texted her or whatever. And, and anyway, and I was like, okay, I met Katie Lowe's. And you were like, well, how am I supposed to know Katie Lowe's? And well, then you, and immediately I almost went into like bit energy that there's just yeah. too many fucking Katie's. We do have so many Katie's. There's so many fucking Katie's. Yeah. I, I don't know where Karen... I don't know any Karens. I got all Katie's. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to say someone's... <laughs> like, there's a lot of somebody. Yeah. I get Maybe that's not the point. Well, no. It's the um, type of person that's... No, I know. <laughs> but isn't the joke that you're picking, like, the most common? I and maybe know. It I is. think the joke is that you're picking, like, the Dane Cook bit. Like, Karen's always a... Oh, I see. I get it now. See, I'm I embarrassed. I think. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so you started just... Very briefly, it was so fast. You were like, "Well, how am I supposed to know that's Katie?" And then you went, "I'm sorry, I'm I'm embarrassed." That's all that's yeah, happening. Anger is almost all, my anger is almost always I'm embarrassed. Well, that is true because your anger specifically, and maybe all anger, but I just know your anger the most. Well, it's a like, nonstop downpouring of it. <laughs> no, In this house. I know it the most because <laughs> it's the safest for me. Yeah. And so I can like get close enough to explore it. Whereas everybody else's anger, I just go, 
and run out the door. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> How did you make that sound? I, maybe the polyp. I don't know. Anger isn't isn't the scariest emotion for me. I I'm, I spend more of my time being like ashamed mm. that like I'm secretly selfish or like, mm. and I don't spend most. What I was going to say about your girls' weekend is that like it just is what it is, and it's okay. And maybe there's a better version of it down the line. But right now, and I've said this before, I'm sure, the version that I have of flow and relationship and like a communal place is work. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm always like rushing back to do work, like specifically like projects. Mm -hmm. And like when How We Roll came through, I remember one of the very first things I considered, of course, other than the wonderful script written by the talented Mark Gross, who I love, mm-hmm. and he's so great, and I love the show. And one of the past that first things I thought was, it'll be so nice to be with people. Yeah. And then one of the things I really like about this job, and specifically, is it's like the same. It is a little commune. Like we have yeah. a little summer camp mm-hmm. and uh taj one of the actors great actors on the show Ma- mallory taj mallory 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 i sorry taj he listens yeah <laughs> i don't think he listens i'm kidding <laughs> but taj was like when you're doing a single cam uh like crashing was and this is true sometimes you'll just meet your scene partner that day wow. like you'll never have met them and um. you'll meet them and then you'll do a scene and what's crazy is, and what makes it feel so summer campy, mm-hmm. is that every day it's pretty much the same people. Oh, totally. It's the same crew. It's yeah. the same actors. Yeah. And like, I notice myself just, you would do the same thing. Like, I sort of like alternate between cast members being like almost obsessed with them or something. Oh, just sure. sort of like, it's not a crush. I mean, because it could be. It could be. Like camp crush. No, I would tell you if it was, but it's almost just kind of like, like a new person, like who's this person? Yeah, and you almost have to tell yourself, like, be cool. Yeah, relax. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had that almost for. I, I would say I've had that for every member of the cast. Mm-hmm. At one point, I'm just sort of like hoping they like me, mm-hmm. and then, but now we're so comfortable. Whereas, like Lauren Lapkus, who is my fake wife on Crashing, mm-hmm. we didn't hang out that much. We had like maybe I don't know ten days of shooting in a mm-hmm. season. I'm not sure. I'm making that up. Mm-hmm. With this, everything is rehearsed yeah. so often. I, I, I hope this is interesting to other people. This is just me sharing my experience of what it's like to be on a multicam, which I've never done before. Mm-hmm. But we're hanging out so much mm-hmm. that when we're pretending to be husband and wife, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel strange mm-hmm. to like put your arms on her or, or, or like make fun of her or, mm-hmm. or you know. Uh, rough house or whatever it might be mm-hmm. and the friends really start feeling like friends and the wives feel like wives and yeah. i'm like I, I totally get this this is my i told pete rollins last night i was like turns out i just wanted a place like a, a magical dome <laughs> yeah. to go to yeah get do all my specialness yeah be as special as pete Needs to be. Mm-hmm. Get those laughs. Have that fun. Use the brain. Ding, 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 ding. And then just come home and just be Michael Landon from Little House on the Prairie, yeah. <laughs> which is also a TV show. I just mean just be a guy yeah. eating a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And wow, what a privilege to, to have work that I don't feel like I have to bring home with me. That you can just come home. Like right now. Well, while we're talking, I'm just sort of like... 
oh, it'd be nice that this is over. I looked at the clock. I'm having a great time. Mm. But I'm like, oh, it'll feel really good when it's done. Mm. And then that power of now stuff comes in and it's like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. The brain is always lying to you that what you want is in the future. It's like the most basic point. Mm-hmm. But you just go, stop. As I like to say, just drop anchor in what you're doing. What Everybody that's listening, just do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Be in traffic. Mm-hmm. Smell the inside of your car. Touch the steering wheel. See the reflection in the glass. Let your vision expand a little bit to that panoramic. Not that... Uh, pinprick, like looking micro-focus at different, the number on your speedometer and stuff. Widen it out and just go, this is it. This is it. And I'm doing it right now and it makes me so happy. This is it. Mm -hmm. It's not when the show's a hit or when the show gets a second season or when you and I finally get to go on a date because it's been like six years. Mm -hmm. Jesus. This is it. Stop it. Tell that thing to get out of the driving seat. You take over and go, if happiness, joy, enlightenment, contentment, or peace is ever going to exist, it's not going to be in the mind. It's going to be in the heart. And the heart exists when you just drop and be present, drop into the moment and just go, it's here. You can't learn it. You can only realize that you've always already had it. You've already had it. Mm -hmm. And and there's no method to get it. It's just a remembering. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the present... You'll feel the presence if you want to get, you know, God language in there, but you'll get that good feeling. Now we're back to that, like, well, if the world is ending, I mean, why do that? Or, or if you're your older person in your mindfulness class, you're doing it because you're doing it mm-hmm. because the richness, the treasure is in whatever you're doing. If you can do it, if you can fully do it, right? And if you can wash your hands yeah. and smell the soap and feel the water, so sorry to always talk about the cold plunge, but one of the things I love about it is you can't think about the future when you're in it, mm-hmm. or you'll you'll literally be incapable of sitting in cold water if you're thinking about anything other than your breathing. And I know I said this last week, but that's my fascination with it, and that's my fascination with anything that puts you in that space. It's yeah. just the present. Yeah. Well, it's also, this is somewhat related, but I was just telling my friends, we were just talking about, um, I have a friend who's, who's like unhappy in her life situation and she's life situation. trying to get the courage to make some changes. And, and I was like, and not like this was some like great moment where I had great wisdom. We were talking about this, but it was, it's just like, we get stuck thinking because we tend, we spend so much time in the future and I do this too. We get stuck thinking that life is something that's going to happen later and it's happening right now. Yeah. So don't waste any more time. It's happening now. This is your life. And especially that's hitting me in my thirties. Cause I feel like I always thought like thirties, forties, fifties, that's the real meat of your life. You know, Mm -hmm. like, Everything that there's like the the prelude or the prequel, yes. and then there's the sequel. But 30s, 40s, 50s, that's the meat of your life, and that's not necessarily true. But there is something too, like holy shit, I got a husband and a kid, and like this is happening now. If I'm not here for it, I'm gonna miss the whole thing. Mm. And being here for it is being here for it moment by moment. And being completely present in the moment 
and every completely time a I, part of whether or not you have a, a husband and a kid and all that 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 is yeah. happening right but but it's like in the power of now he's like if you are unhappy and alone, mm-hmm. use that as your gateway into the present. Yeah. If you're in a marriage and happy, use that as mm-hmm. it. it's really like you realize it's the only game in town. Mm-hmm. And there is time for cleaning up your life situation for sure. Yeah. But especially when you realize the goal is to get into a warmer, cozier place where you can spend more time in your body in the present. Because yeah. like a day spent in the present is like a lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's like the most... We have all this like go, go, go and, you know, like get more likes, buy more stuff. And it's like if you could just spend... It's the Gunger lyric. If you could spend one day in love, mm. it's worth more than a thousand years, you know? Yeah. It's like... Yeah. I, yeah. I, I also quoted Eckhart Tolle this weekend, which in talking to this friend, when he says... If something isn't, if there's unhappiness and something isn't working, you have two choices. I'm glad you, you yeah, yes. yeah. You can either, if you can, you can see if something can be done or not. And if something can be done, then you can take action. If it can't, then your only other choice is to accept it or to resist it and suffer. Yes. So it's like. If you can change it, go this for is, it. If you can't, accept it. I was just, but we love to stay in that p- place where we're not accepting it and we're not changing it. Valerie, I was just listening to whatever. I don't know what chapter it is because I'm listening to it. But it's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. And he started talking about like how a lot of people would rather be in the love-hate. He's like, mm-hmm. if you're in like a love-hate situation, yeah. he's like, that's just an addiction. It's mm-hmm. just a drama that you get these hits off of and you even get this like sour taste off of. Sure. And people would rather just kind of keep playing that mm-hmm. because they know who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know your role. Yeah, It's like there was a, a classic, if you're me, there was a classic lunch that I had with my mom at Cheesecake Factory and my mom was complaining about my dad. I know I've told this before, but I was like, you love it. Yeah. You love it. Mm-hmm. You love it when he's whatever, this, this, or this. And then he complained to me. It's the best part of your day. This. We and she, I saw her make a face I've never seen her make. She looked 12 years old. Yeah. She looked like I caught her stealing cookies. It was like seeing her true self flash in her face. Yeah. And when I've broken my dad's balls in the same way mm-hmm. i'm like oh yeah jay it's all like then you call them out yeah. it's this weird like suddenly there's oxygen in the room and everybody's like laughing and free just for a moment yeah. and you know what if they do choose to go back and continue to resist or whatever it might be mm-hmm. that's okay too yeah it, like nothing well, is wrong that's that, a big part of wrong. eckhart's teaching he's like nothing's wrong yeah. he's just like when it comes to suffering, you can choose. Mm-hmm. Like one of the people that in, because it's a question and answer book. One of the people is like, I practice non-resistance. So if I'm having suffering, I don't resist it. I just suffer. I feel mm-hmm. the suffering and know that that belongs to. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he says, it's kind of not catty, but it's sassy. He's like, are you defending your own right to suffer? <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like, it's sort of like, yes you are yeah and yes we do yeah we like you even said when i don't 
uh, acknowledge that you did all these things to help us leave the house or whatever, mm-hmm. you feel that the, the temptation, this is why yeah. I love existential kink. Mm-hmm. You like the suffering. Mm-hmm. You like, we like it at certain points, like talking shit. Oh, it's like yeah. one of our, and that's a version. Talking shit is basically just like single serving shot glasses mm-hmm. of suffering. Just mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did you see what they, can you believe that? Uh, but it's small enough that you can enjoy it. Yeah. And talking shit is like cheersing, like clinking glasses with a friend, doing it together and going, oh, oh it's so yeah. disgusting the yeah. way he talks to his partner. Yeah. But you do it for fun. Well, we'll like, we'll do it. <laughs> when we do it even, we're like, we're being bitches. Like yeah. there's something about like. It's wicked. I want to be wicked. Yeah. yeah. I want to be a little bit bad right now, you know. You're, but that's the whole thing that's what i'm saying is like if my mom does enjoy complaining about my dad okay we'll enjoy it well that's existential kink and you can do that for yourself too when you're in these patterns being like ah like saying it to yourself you love this (laughs) and i'll do things where and you might stop loving it because you become more more aware of it or you might not and maybe you've decided that that's how you want to engage with life in that moment, I'm doing that a little bit more, right? Because I've been in this very like material on this plane phase. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about how this Christmas party, and like, I'm I'm obsessing. Maybe I'm not really, but this sounds like something I would do. I'm obsessing about every detail being per- perfect, and then I'll pop out for a moment and be like. I, I'm going to suffer because I'm obsessing over it being a certain way and it will inevitably not be that way. And then I'm going to be really sad and then I'll go, all right, yeah, let's do both. Let's do both. I want the, the, go ahead. I want that human experience right now. I want to feel it. I want to feel it. I sang that to Michael last night. Love the rise and fall. It's a great a uh, Gunger song called so One Wild Life. Mm-hmm. And I think about it all the time. Love the rise and fall. I want to feel it all. Yeah. You do. Mm-hmm. And I know I've made this point before, but I, I I don't know. Something about making a TV show, I, I don't love it, but it puts me in like a hyper um, productive place. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like fixing a lot of things and it's very natural to like come home from that job and like continue writing emails or continue thinking or continue whatever. Yeah. And so as such, I've been watching like action movies because action movies are just like, you know, like Mm. taking care of business. Like Mm -hmm. we have the mission and we do it and all that sort of stuff. Let me see if I can remember what, Oh, when we watch these movies, we fucking love it when shit goes wrong. Yeah. I was. Ju- I just watched uh, Rogue Nation, the Mission Impossible movie, because I'm a 42-year-old cliche. <laughs> I'm a 42-year-old cliche, darling. And we, Tom Cruise has to jump into that. I think it's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise has to jump into, oh, God. Just, just, just leave me be. Yes, it's the one where he has to jump into that thing of water, that hole. Oh, and right. It's filled yeah, with water. I love that. It's super tense. It's Gets so the testes in a mist. Uh huh. And he's. It looks like it's brilliantly directed. Mm. Christopher Mick something. He's so good. His last mm. name is Mick something. So good. Uh, and it looks like at the beginning that he's gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> like he's gonna do it. Yeah. I'm laughing because I really think there's a cosmic truth to this. Uh He jumps in 
It's only been 30 seconds. Everyone's holding their breath. You have to. You're an animal if you don't. If you're watching it and holding your breath. If you don't try. Because they say it's going to be three minutes. And And, you're like, I think I can do it. And this is before we knew about Wim Hof. (laughs) I mean, if you give me some Wimmy Hof, he's... (laughs) I might crack 102. <laughs> okay, I JK. Um, so he goes in and he has to get to like panel 118 and he plops in and he's like at 115. He's right there. Yeah. And he's opening it up and he's got the card out that he has to swap with the other card. And then something hits him like gravity, mm-hmm. like the movie Gravity. Mm-hmm. And now he's flying around. And, and But you wanted it to happen. Oh, yeah. And then when I think back, when I was deeply romantic, before I had been, I don't know what happened to me. I, I turned into a grown-up at some point. But when I in high school, I went, I, I've talked about this before, but me and Ern went to a, like an amusement park. And the whole day, I was obsessed with this date that I had I that love, night. Yeah. Uh-huh. And all day, because like, I think the park was in like New Hampshire or something. You might have told this story on the... Recent podcast. But, well, yeah. real quick, the date didn't work out. The girl, I don't even think the wonderful girl knew about, or, or I think it was she, like she like kind of casually was like, "Yeah, I'll call you on." Or yes, whatever, exactly. Or like and that. I really took that as the third tablet of testaments, <laughs> and I was really ready. And then mm-hmm. she didn't call me, mm-hmm. and I probably called her a million times. And then the next day, she told me some line that really felt like an excuse. But on the night, I mm. swear to God, if I'm putting myself back there, which I feel like I can, I'm wearing my blue rayon button-down shirt, Dracar Noir, Depp Maximum Hold Gel, Ugh. full Zach Morris hair. Was that the, like, colored gel? Oh, yeah. It, it, oh. Had, a t- it had a tint. Oh, yeah. And I probably sprayed it off with Vidal Sassoon's air spray, which was a pump, environmental-friendly air spray. Yeah. Why don't we have the pump sprays anymore? Maybe we do. We're back to the beginning of this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't happen. And I got in the Volvo. I know I told this. My mom's Volvo. And Rolling Stone's Love is a Bitch was on the radio. Mm -hmm. And I swear, I'm not, I might be, but I don't think I am. I swear there was a part of me that was like, Put your dick in the mud, man. Like, like this enjoy this. Sucks. Yeah. This something is finally happening to me. I was exactly someone the same hurt way. me, mm-hmm. and I'm in the right. Yeah. I if you're watching this movie, you're sad for me. Someone mm. did it, and I feel it. The alternative was like what so much of my life was leading up to that point was not much, mm-hmm. not too much going on, mm-hmm. playing uh, video games. Farting in Pringles cans. <laughs> Not too much drama. We want it. Yeah. Like the Tom Cruise moment. Yeah. We want the thing to hit us. And then you know what else to bring your friends into it? Uh, spoiler alert. Someone needs to save TC in that moment. Mm. That's what you want too. Yeah. When I was hurt, if I had, if I, if it had been modeled for me not to pass the buck, I should have like called a friend. Yeah. Like that story would have become great if, if Ern... Uh, and I went out and ate like the belly buster ice cream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's, that's relationship and flow. And we, and I, I try, I have this negotiation with the, with the universe where I'm like, I know we have a lot of good things and a lot of comfort. I can't let it shut me off from people because I know I have a Daniel Plainview mode where I'm like, 
well, I have all the power and money I need. Goodbye. Yeah. And that's when the universe is like, well, here's this, here's this, here's this, because you you don't exist but for relationship and but for clown pants. Uh-huh. Yeah. What do you got, Mama? Sorry, that was a lot of blabbing. Uh, that's okay. One of them is lost. I only have two that I can remember now of the things that you brought up. But um, the... So I was also very romantic and, and still very romantic. Um, and in high school, I remember the the like lore so my i i didn't i have one best friend that i was like monogamous with she was like my girl through your urn yeah age lady urn age 11 to 25 it was really uh, in my 20s i got more friends but she was she was my girl all throughout high school and every weekend i would just go to her house and spend the night we would go to blockbuster we would rent movies and that's You're what we killing did killing me all, every weekend i know how that blockbuster smells oh of course i know I, the guy who works at that blockbuster smells yeah. <laughs> i would pay $10,000 to get to have one friday night where i go yeah. back in time and i pick out a movie i like almost feel like i want to cry yeah. Like pick out a movie at Blockbuster it's behind with the box. Yes, it's behind the box. It's behind the box. And the way that we would make the decisions was so precious. Like I would love to get to watch how we were like, I'd like to see this. Yeah, I'd, I'd be into that. I think maybe it between, it's between these two for me. Like the way yeah. we were like negotiating with each other, which yes. ones we wanted to get. And that was life. We thought life <sighs> was the movie. We thought life it was, is getting we, to the movies. And we thought that it was after high school. We thought it was adults. Like yeah. that, there's something that feels so safe to me about that memory. Like it's almost like if I were in some sort of psychological thriller, like kind of like a eternal sunshine plot where I had to find a safe place in my own subconscious to hide, that mm, would be it. Mm. It's like the safest I think I ever felt. Yes. Um, but anyway, that is the safest. Mine was the, the same, but it was a Hollywood video. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we would go to Hollywood videos. Yeah. Which was too. a pinch and shake box, I believe. And, and I'm not be, sure about that. I could have been. And actually, I said Blockbuster, but really it was called Spotlight Video. And I don't think that was a... Spotlight Video definitely sounds like they have a beaded back section. They did have a beaded back section. And they also, as like video stores were dying once I was in college, Mm. um, they became a tanning... uh, It was a a video rental and a tanning salon. (laughs) I just... I just... I'm going off a cliff doing the Ryu or Ken from Street Fighter, the, the spinny kick. That's how happy yeah, what you just fantastic. said made me. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we played it really safe all throughout high school. And I had this real awakening, like the first kind of awakening of my life when I was 17 and I was senior year. Where I was just like, all this romance was like flooding out of me. And I was like... During this safe time, Rachel had three older sisters. And so we had watched like the first two kind of go through breakups and they seemed so sad and it seemed so hard. Yeah. And then the other one married my brother. He was my brother's first wife. She was my brother's first wife. And they had, my brother was the only person she had ever dated because she was like, I don't want to 
go through what my old, my older mm. sisters went through. Uh, so we kind of, I kind of adopted that philosophy. I was like, yeah, I just, I don't want to date somebody unless uh, I, I really think, think I'll too, marry them. Too. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to break up. And then I was 17 and I remember specifically a night, like at the end of senior year, laying on my car with Rachel and being like, I kind of feel like we did this all wrong. Like I wish we had gone. I remember specifically going, I wish we had gone like to bonfires and like had a beer. <laughs> this is the plot of book smart. Yeah, it was. I, that's why I really love that movie. Yeah. And, um, and also I remember saying, I don't know if it was then, but at that time in my life, I actually think I could really, I would be really good at a breakup. I think that I would like, enjoy the sweetness of how sad it was and like the heartache and the, and I was like yearning for that. And that was like my little Enneagram nine who, you know, we avoid confrontation. That was like the first little step into realizing that I was dissociated. I was sleepwalking. I was just staying in what was safe. And I like kind of popped out for a moment and was like, wait a minute. I want heartache. I want to feel, I want to feel things. It's funny, especially when you consider the oneness, the idea that all of the, any of the major religions and spiritual POVs Mm -hmm. would say that the, there was the void, the void became one, the one became many. And the one is playing all these games. That's what Leela means. The, the play of all these forms of Mm -hmm. the manifest Spawning from the unmanifest. Anyway, it, while you were talking, I was like, you sort of want to be a, a baby turtle on the beach running from a seagull. Yeah. And if the seagull eats the baby turtle, mm-hmm. uh, guess what? You wanted to be a seagull in the thrill of catching a turtle. Yeah. When you go to the place of oneness, you go, it's only a tragedy Yeah. <laughs> if you think... The seagull was, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I'm not trying to give people a, a pass to do whatever they want. I'm no. just saying this thing, this thisness seems to enjoy playing a whole slew of games that don't make sense mm. to the mind of the of the separate individual. And I think part of the game is that they don't and won't and yeah. shouldn't mm-hmm. make sense because it's... it's uh, there's something, there's a parallel to like the writers can't tell the actors too much of the plot mm. because we'll be like, well, I'd rather, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you kind of have to well, be surprised. Well, there's a thrill in, <laughs> in the mystery and in the wondering and in the not knowing. That's the whole it's thing. It's the thrill. That's the, that, those are the stakes. If which, you were here to know, you'd know. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, if you're here and to if you were here to like not suffer, you wouldn't suffer and the way to not suffering is through suffering that's the craziest thing and the way to knowing is through not knowing Mm -hmm. it sounds like on days like this it just seems exactly precisely like a perfectly tuned instrument yeah where you're just like oh right that's cool and when pete is dying the suffering comes from pete being like but pete yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. he thinks of course rightly so it's been reinforced by everybody that it's about Pete. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that goes back to the selfishness of our bodies and the planet and all this stuff. It's it's the illusion of separateness that's hurting so much and mm-hmm. ma- and makes death so painful yeah. when you realize I'm Pete to me, 
but to life, I'm Pete. I'm, I'm to you, I'm Pete. I'm just yeah. this thing. You keep going. It keeps going. Mm-hmm. Life keeps going. Life isn't about me. I'm about life. I'm an expression of life. Mm-hmm. And this is important to remember. That's how vital you are. Every single person listening is the divine expression mm. of the one life. It, that's how important and vital your being is. It yeah. wanted to do that and to feel that and to mm. think that and to touch that and to hear this. Think of the million different ways that our words are impacting the people listening. Mm. It wanted all of that. Mm-hmm. It wanted the guy that's like, shut up, you fucking Hollywood jerk off. Mm. And it wanted the woman quietly uh, crying into her latte. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it wants all of that. And for me, that's like never more easily accessible. The feeling that I feel when you're talking about this, because I was thinking like, dude, like life's cool. Like I like life. Life's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and and I... And I can, one of the quickest ways I can access that is if I can actually be fully present with somebody when they're speaking to me. Like last night when we were at the birthday party, our friend Carrie was talking to me and I was doing, it's so hard. It's hard enough to be present when it's just you. It's really hard to be present with somebody, to not be thinking about what you're going to say. The Leno. Yeah, to not be, to be in your body, to not be thinking about how you're coming off. Mm -hmm. And I spent most of the party doing that, those things that I just said. Mm -hmm. But I had this moment while she was talking where I was looking deep into her eyes and I was like, where I, like, life is experiencing itself through these two people talking and we're experiencing each other and we're experiencing life and we're experiencing a shared portion of life like that feels so good to me the idea because of the so rare there you both were in that restaurant at that party with those friends yes having the same experience that was going back to the complimenting each other that was the most uh, that i did this weekend with my girlfriends the most profound part was not hearing all of the things that people like about you it was seeing over and over again being like hey this person this expression of life has these traits and everybody else going, yes, that's my experience yeah. of that person. And that's what art is. Everybody listening knows that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. And that's why we write music and that's why they have to play the song the same way for all the different groups. Yeah. And so everyone can agree that's what Beethoven's fifth symphony sounds like. Yeah. So we can go, that's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. We're having a shared experience. It matters it to matters. these animals to go, that's what a sunset looks like and that's what that music sounds like. And in... That's also like, it's obviously that feels so good because it's like, you're not alone. And, and then I know that there are some people who would be like, but ultimately it is just you experiencing whatever. But I just, I just feel like in the way that it's like, if you were supposed to know, you would know. It's like, if you were supposed to be alone, there wouldn't be all these designs to make sure that you know you're not alone. And also creation itself. I thought you're saying if you go far back enough in the oneness, you're like, but it is just one thing and it's alone. Yeah. And I'm like, well, first of all, we can't even understand that. It's, it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. On my F5MEO thing, I had like a, a, a very visceral and vivid hallucinogenic experience of that place. Mm. <laughs> question mark mm-hmm. but what an unbelievably encouraging feeling yeah. is that there was one 
-hmm. And its desire was to split and connect. Like it, it put in all of us this desire. Richie says this, Eckhart says this, sexual desire is such a clue Mm. to how, like it's such an obsession of ours. Obviously Mm. we've sort of commodified it and gotten obsessive about it, but it's this clue like this, this energy wants that energy and it wants to be together. And it's always, I always say undulating, but it's always undulating forward. It's always like a wave moving forward. It wants more and more. Mm. It's abundant. And it, it wanted connection so badly that it, would forget itself to remember itself yeah. through those connections. Yeah. So what does that tell us about the nature of this one, which yeah. is who we are? Yeah. It'll make you love yourself a little bit more. And we were, and the universe. <laughs> yeah. And you and I were talking about this, but that's like also, I mean, you, you said sexual desire, so that's pretty much the same thing, but I think that's like a really fun way to look at a, even a crush, like even yeah. a small crush. You're that's just right. like, What's really behind this? And my little work crushes, which yes. aren't where non-sexual, non-romantic yeah. work crushes, just being like, look at the way they, those are their shoes. Their like, thing. oh, that, wow. Okay. Yeah. Not that it's about shoes. I'm just saying that's how they dress themselves. That's how they talk. Yeah. That's how they eat. All that stuff. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's just being drawn. It's just life being drawn to itself through human beings. Through itself. Through and the itself. suffering is, is it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The suffering is is the like the sweet thrill of it too, and it's the stakes, mm-hmm. which is going back to like the movie, which is one of the things that I wrote down is like I'm at the point in my <laughs> screenplay. <laughs> there's Easy, no way. Easy, champion. Just, I've never called you champion, champion. before. <laughs> it's not even champ. No, Easy, champion. Uh, no, I'm. There's just no way to say that word and not feel disgusting it's like yeah but um where it real like you ask yourself questions like is is enough going wrong are there enough stakes do we care about these characters because uh, in one of the ways to care about and engage with the story is things get wrong go wrong people don't get what they want or need and everyone has these instincts by the way mission impossible rogue nation I think is not as good as um, the one after it. Yeah. Um, the, it doesn't matter. The one after Rogue Skyfall. <laughs> Skyfall, James Bond. <laughs> but I was watching it and it was like, the bad guys capture Simon Pegg's character. And I literally was going home. I was like, yeah, it's funny. Cause the next one, it's like, if they don't do it, uh, everyone dies. Mm. Like the world dies, but you can't do that every time. Yeah. Sometimes it has to just be Simon Pegg's character. But we but all really love Simon Pegg, so it kind it's of. It's true. He's a delightful <laughs> man. But the feel like we have our own. If someone's telling a story, and I don't think anyone really teaches this to you. Of course, in movie making, TV making, you hone those skills or whatever. But movies are deeply popular, mm-hmm. and whether or not they work or not is based on like your instincts. Like you're mm-hmm. just like being a human. You know, that's what makes silent film so interesting, especially like silent foreign film. It's like, look, we can tell a story to you just because you're a human Mm -hmm. and you know the stakes are too low. I didn't care. I did care. I don't know why I cared. Or most often I didn't, I don't know why I didn't care is really the problem Mm -hmm. you have to. Mm -hmm. And when I was watching again, I do think it worked. It was it was because it is a likable character that they make you like him a lot. Yeah. You can make people care about almost anything. Mm-hmm. It could be a spoon that they have a 
It could be a volleyball. That's the point of Castaway. Yeah. It can be a volleyball. Yeah. Wilson, Wilson the volleyball. volleyball. Um, yes, absolutely. But yeah, we all have that instinct because we all know the game that we're all playing. Is that sort of in your gut? Life. Yeah. You know what's going on that's here. That's right. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wrote down, I don't think necessarily have to go back to it, but I do think it's kind of a cute point. Speaking of crushes and, and then friendships, I really like, I've been. I've been remembering and like talking to my girlfriends and stuff, the feeling of like in high school, if you have a crush on someone or in college, so much time spent with your friends pl- plotting and planning yeah. an email. Should I send this? Does, do you think, should I make this Is there cooler? anything more precious than two people plotting oh. a text together? And that's the feeling I had. And, and my like and, with ultimate severity. No, no, no. Winky emoji. Yeah. Not emoji. Do it with a uh, punctuation. Yeah. Or being like, <laughs> what do you think he meant by this? And you're like, yeah. you know, or, or another one that I love is like, like plotting ways that you can see that person. So being like, okay, I'll have a birthday party and I'll invite Simon, who's his friend. And yeah, we can he'll tell bring him. Yeah. yeah. He'll bring him. And like, and all the things I remember the feeling of my girlfriend's making this their cause. Yeah. Like, and then We're back and to the doing feeling, the dishes. The, the punchline of this is the feeling is, Oh, this is the real romance. Well, at the, it's like, uh, love actually the whole time it was you, his manager. Yes. You think life is where you're going. Mm-hmm. We're back to, it's not the movies. It's going to the movies. Yeah. And it's not wherever you're heading. If you're listening to this in the car, it's this, Yeah. this is your life. Yeah. And unfortunately we need like, not unfortunately, it's actually quite fun. Mm-hmm. We need these reminders. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad I shared that feeling of like, okay. Cause I catch myself doing it sometimes, uh, often, you know, guest episodes or whatever. I'm like, okay, we'll wrap this up. I'll ask them about the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. And then after this, and I'm like, everything sucks <laughs> if you're not doing it with every, not every cell, but to be dramatic, I'll say Fully present. Yeah. And everything is, almost everything is pretty fucking great Mm -hmm. if you can do it completely presently. Mm -hmm. So like rushing through what you're doing for the hope of a future where you'll be watching a movie or eating a sandwich uh, and that'll be happy is so stupid. This is the only time you can be happy. Yeah. This is the only time. Now this is the only time you can be happy. Yeah. So to choose it now Mm -hmm. and you know. Maybe you will be happy eating that sandwich, but I would say only if you're really present, mm-hmm. only if you're really doing it. Yeah. Love it. All right. On that note, should I read a Hafiz? Hafiz. Yes, please. I don't I'm, have one planned. I'm just I'm reading just... this text from our wonderful Iris. Can oh. you hide me some keys for Lee? Oh, shit. How long ago was that? Ten minutes ago. Nine okay. minutes ago. Okay. Do you want to handle it? Um, I feel like we can it. get away with this. They're not going to be... I'll just go open the door. Okay. Um, here, I'll put the music on and you can read the poem. I'll miss the poem. But that's okay. My weekly gripe that Spotify.com should take you to the player and pay their artists. <laughs> I add that for you. Thank you. This was really fun. Yeah, really fun. I really enjoyed it. We are in outer space. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. And we are in our deepest DNA divine. But all that being said, sometimes I don't enjoy things, and I enjoyed this. 
Oh, a kiss. Thank you. Oh, okay. Oh, quite a kiss. Public kiss. Um, Should I end it if I end the podcast by myself? No, you'll be back. Okay. Well, I truly just. Okay, (laughs) you guys. (laughs) I just opened it up to page 69, (laughs) which has a poem called Skinning Your Knees on God. And doesn't that sound kind of sexual? Um, So let's read that one, shall we? Now that I have you to myself. Okay. Skinning your knees on God. Again, I haven't read this, so hopefully it's the right choice. Skinning your knees on God. Little by little, you will turn into stars. Even then, my dear, you will only be a crawling infant, still skinning your knees on God. Little by little, you will turn into the whole sweet amorous universe in heat on a wild spring night and become so free in a wonderful, secret, and pure love that flows from a conscious, one-pointed, infinite need for light. Even then, my dear, the beloved will have fulfilled just a fraction, just a fraction of a promise he wrote upon your heart. When your soul begins to ever bloom and laugh and spin an eternal ecstasy, oh, little by little, you will turn into God. Wow. I only got the last half. Well, I read it because I just opened to 69 and then it's called Skinning Your Knees on God. And it sounded pretty sexual, but it was really beautiful. Hafiz. I think Hafiz is a Sufi, right? I think so. Which is uh, mystic Islam mm-hmm. and has the whirling dervishes. So spinning is a... Ah, very, I know he's Persian. I'm pretty sure he's a Sufi. I'm Persian sure. I'm Persian. <laughs> I'm Persian sure. <laughs> um, when you said age 11, I almost said age 11 Jolie. <laughs> like Angelina Jolie? You got it. Okay, great. And when we had a picture of her when she was 11, and I had this whole thought where I was like, she, I, I don't know if you could get kid pictures of Angelina Jolie. I think she might have been a child, a child actor. actor. Well, her dad is an actor, so I, we've de- I've definitely oh, seen yeah. age 11 Jolie. <laughs> you are funny. A joke, a laugh that I feel like you punched me with that joke. It was great. All right, everybody. All right. Valerie? Keep it crispy. No big deal. Just keep it crispy. I'll fade it out. (laughs) 